this is the time to come to Wrigleyville. The Cubs aren't playing. We have our run of the run of the entire neighborhood. Place is ours. That's Scott Lucas from Local H right next to me. We are at Cubby Bear tonight. This is Carcon Carne presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. This car we're in, it's really comfortable, isn't it? It's nice. It's nice. Is it your car? It's from the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Oh. They're letting me use it. It's the Mazda CX-9. Wow. It's luxurious. That's nice of them. It, it's nice of them. Yeah. It's nice of them to let me rig up some microphones, eat food in the front seat. Uh, but this car is super comfortable. It's also super safe. So if you're looking for a family car, yeah. this would be a great option. you got to get a family, though. you got to get a family. Right. Uh, if you're looking to road trip, you know, if you're looking to throw a guitar and an amplifier in a vehicle, if you're road tripping, this would be the one to use. Oh, yeah, look at the back row folds down. you got plenty of room for gear. And look, there's a baby back there, so it's part of the <laughs> there family. There it is. Not mine. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready to do it. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. And now here's the star of our show. All right, so we got some food from Cubby Bear, which I want to start eating before it gets cold. All right. I got the brat, which is what you do when you buy a ballpark, uh, with tater tots. Ooh. Oh, look at that. Uh, that looks you pretty good. You got actually a really good-looking veggie burger. Yeah, I got a veggie burger with uh, the world-famous garlic fries. I can smell those. It smells good. Those, those are a friend maker right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down keeps the girls away it does pat gleason says hey guys great to see you mr lucas and that's how you like to be addressed right yes not not scott no no i scott's, mean especially with all you've done that's my dad's name that's right <laughs> with all you've accomplished you're mr lucas now you know what i'm starting to get used to the idea of being called sir because everyone's calling me sir as you age yeah i don't like it but i like it a little bit better than i i don't hate it as much as i used to you know I, there's nothing I can do about it. Right, exactly. Where, where I'm at right uh, now. Steve Boyd on the Facebook Live says, Awesome, I've seen Local H so many times. Always great. Keep it up, Scott. Thank you. And that actually leads to a question. You know, you're doing this show at Cubby Bear. You do a bunch of shows in Chicago every year. How do you go about picking a set list? Because, you know, a guy like Steve Boyd on the Facebook Live, he's seen you a bunch of times. You know he's going to keep coming to the shows. He probably doesn't want to see the same show every no, time. No, he doesn't. And you don't want to deliver the same no, show every time. it'd be boring for everybody. So... For instance, Cubby Bear tomorrow night, how do you approach a set list? You've got decades worth of albums to pull from. Well, I just came from practice where we we were, you know, tackling that very dilemma. Uh, you know, sometimes you just, there's a lot of songs that we haven't played in a while from records that have been sort of overlooked or neglected. Um, so I can make the case that most of your catalog falls under that category. Maybe, for, maybe. For neglected. Some of it for a good reason. Um, <laughs> So we're just pulling out songs that we haven't played in a long time. And we did that Pack Up the Cats tour last mm -hmm. year. So, you know, it, we're well-versed with that stuff. So it, it's time to pull out some other stuff from other records. So it's been fun. And we've got new songs. So we'll probably pull out some new songs. From That's our another question. There was Innocence last year. Is there, I mean, there is more coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never really stop writing. Mm, sometimes you don't write just to, like, you just kind of want to charge your battery mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of do that I, I should probably just not stop writing but I don't know I get I'm lazy so do you would you say you have an album's worth of songs um we started work on the album we're doing it in chunks so uh, 
like it's, it's as if we were making EPs. The only okay. thing is, is we're not going to put out EPs. I don't really think that works. Um, so, but what I want to do is I want to have different sessions at different studios with different people so that the whole record comes together like a salad, you know? So mm -hmm. you've got like maybe an acoustic session that's just for acoustic songs. Maybe we record a live show. We thought about recording tomorrow's show for that. Um, we do a session with at uh, Andy Gerber's place. Mm -hmm. and that's what we just did was a session of four songs at Andy Gerber's place. Um, Andy Gerber, Million Yen. And for Million Yen, Talented right. Talented and delightful. Right, right. We've done a lot of stuff with him. Mm -hmm. So we just went in there and we had four songs that we wrote and so we recorded them with him and then we just get them out of the way and then wipe the slate clean and work on the next thing of songs. So you can eat, by the way. I feel bad holding you hostage. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, so the video for Video and Song Innocence were last year. Love the video of Michael Shannon going down the... The, the rabbit hole of decadence. And uh -huh. I thought that video was the perfect marriage of Scott Lucas musician and Scott Lucas person. You were so interested and so active in talking about film and cinema. And this was a very cinematic approach to a Local H song. And I thought, this is where Local H is going. Mm. That, that marriage of audio and visual. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, that, that was... I had an idea for the video and and Felix, the director, had an idea for the video. And his idea for the video was very similar to mine. So we just let him run with it. I, I kind of like, uh, I didn't even need to be there. You know, I picked Michael <laughs> up and brought him to the set and that was about the extent of my job. Seems like a cool dude. I like Michael a lot. Yeah, he's very cool. I, I met him kind of once. It was uh, right before Man of Steel came out. Mm -hmm. I was at LaGuardia Airport. We were on the same flight, and as we were waiting in line, I didn't want to be too weird, but I'm like, hey, looking forward to Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, okay, thanks. That well, was my Michael Shannon moment. Probably more than he was. <laughs> well, who knew? Who knew it would be what it was? You're not a superhero movie fan, no, are you? No, I'm not. Not at all. Not in, not even remotely. Are there, are there any you can find? I mean, you can't have a flat-out bias against them all. I'm sure you can find some good in some of them. I think I can have a flat-out bias against them all. I think they're all pretty crappy. Um, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. That was fun. I thought that Thor movie was really good. That the, Ragnarok the, one. Right. But the other two were horrible, you know? So, I mean, those aren't really good odds, you know? And I walked, I sat through that three-hour Avengers movie, uh -huh. but I... I didn't know what was going on because I kept falling asleep during the other one. So, it, See, yeah. I have that problem with Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you the best nap I ever took was during Rogue One, and uh -huh. I know that because I was wearing a Fitbit, and it said I got an hour's nap during that movie. <laughs> See, I like Rogue One. I really do. I, I think it's terrific. I love when people die at the end. Uh, Rich, right. on the Facebook Live, uh, he wrote a lot. He says, I love the idea of different sessions in different places with different producers. How about coming to Australia for a session? That would be great. That would be great. Easier said than done. That would be though. great. We've been trying. To, I love Australia, and we haven't toured there since the 90s. And that is one of the things that I really hope happens. Uh, if that can happen, if you know anybody who wants to set up a tour for us in Australia, we're down. And we've done a couple of the... We've been close a couple of times. What's it like when you tour I these days? You never eat when we do these things. I know. I know. I need to be better. What's it like when you tour cities you haven't been to for a while? Is it kind of like... The tanks liberating Europe in World War II, is it like a huge reception and celebration? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes we, We're so rarely away that uh, I've forgotten what it was like. <laughs> but um, 
but it's 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 good to like go away for a while and then come back. Um, I don't know, you know, we we uh, finally made it to Europe after all these years, and you know, wait, finally, finally, we'd never played Europe. That seems impossible to me. You know, our record company was like. Uh, you're, they don't really like rock and roll over there. It's not a good time for rock and roll. This was in the 90s. I feel like Europe has always been friendlier it's to rock and roll. It's insane that they, that they would say that. It, yeah. it was a total lie, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the money that they would have had to invest to do that, I don't think they wanted to do it, you know? Um, and they wanted to keep us here, you know, flogging that record. Uh, we're going to do what's called a reset in, in radio. That's Scott Lucas of Local H. Tomorrow night, Cubby Bear. Uh, Local H is performing. AIM Taxi and Releaser also on the bill. Uh, never disappointing seeing you on stage. Thank I mean, you. You rock. Even the last time I saw you, you only played, I think, one of your songs at the uh, Jerry Bryant Benefit mm. in Metro. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just killed it. I mean, you, you you come to draw blood when you perform. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We played God, Screaming so Trees. and Blur. Played Blur. Oasis. We kind of like did a... a uh, a survey of Britpop. We did you did. Blur, Oasis, and Radiohead. That's right. That's right. And as far as that Screaming Trees song goes, I think we can all agree, from that era, that's one of the best singles. Hands from, down. From that era, it's probably the best band. I mean, they're so good, and their records really hold up. They really do. And oh my God, Mark Lanigan's voice. The best. <laughs> the best. You know, I was thinking about you driving over here tonight, thinking about... Local H's longevity, Local H's career, and you are at a point now where you are you are that elder statesman. You've you've done it. Like you've survived the Hunger Games. You are mm. you are who you are. And I was trying to think of what is it about Local H that enabled you to survive, thrive, and be successful. And I'm thinking back to all your albums. I'm thinking back to the shows. It seems to me from the outside, you've never really compromised. You've always had a pretty clear vision and sense of self. Yeah. That's that's good to hear. I mean, because I don't know what you know. I have no idea why. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm l- pulling out one of your albums, thinking, "Oh, that's where he sold out." Or yeah, that, that's where he was pandering. I mean, you were always writing your stuff. Well, I ha- have a theory, and I think it's because we were never, we never got really big. We never, you know, we never even got a gold record. So I think there's this thing where we never quite got over never attained real success in, mm-hmm. in the, we have don't get me I wrong know, I know what I you're told, saying though. but we we didn't sell millions and buttloads of records and we, we were never surrounded by a bunch of yes men telling you yeah this is great you're great this is wonderful and so we're always trying and we're always trying to top ourselves we're always trying to and you know I honestly think our new stuff is is if not the best stuff we've ever done I was going to say that I didn't want to insult you by reducing your previous stuff but I, I think your songwriting is getting better and better I think it is getting better and the stuff that we just recorded I'm super excited about because I'm like wow the songwriting's really good what happened you know how did this happen so that I think might be the key so mm-hmm. you know get some success but not too much success maybe yeah and it's funny as you talk about your songwriting evolution you know when I listen to Ham Fisted I know who that local H is I understand that sound mm-hmm. but I know that's not the local H of today yeah no and I'm sure there are some fans who want that local H to still be there 24-7 maybe but a lot of those people 
you know, they, you know, Ham Fisted wasn't a hit when it came out anyway. So right. they can, can I say fuck off? They can sure, fuck it's off. A podcast. You know, but uh, those people are never going to buy a new record from anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the '90s are over. They think all good music is over, and rock ended when they stopped listening to new music. <laughs> right? There's a lot of that. Okay? Absolutely. And that's and that's every new generation wants to close the door on rock. They want to close the door on the, the next generation. And mm-hmm. every new generation says, the music that I listened to in high school or in my early 20s, that's it. There's no more music. It's like this country. You know, everybody comes to this country and then they want to build walls to, so nobody else can get in. It's it's insane and it's stupid. And so you can't please those people. And I, I won't even try to please those, please right. those people. Uh, Matthew Winslow on the Facebook Live, echoing what we've been saying, hardest working dudes in rock. You are. You're scra- it's that Midwestern scrappiness. It is. Yeah, the, the, the Midwest thing. It's the stubbornness, you know. <laughs> it's like maybe we should give up, but there's that thing where it's like, nah, fuck off. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right, hang on. I need a tater tot. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. You want a tot? Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks for your tot, Napoleon. <laughs> uh I want to thank Cubby Bear for their hospitality and providing tonight's food. Yeah. Are the garlic fries good? Yeah, I have some of these garlic fries. They're great. They're pretty soggy, but they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I saw you at that Metro thing, mm-hmm. I want to apologize. <laughs> you were playing some music. I went up to, he was DJing, so I went up to say hi. And my idea of saying hi was to play this joke where I come up <laughs> And I was quoting Caddyshack. We're like, cut that off. I didn't realize cut that's that what you were doing. Okay. And I came up to you, and, you know, you're trying to pick out the next song. And I've DJed before, so when mm-hmm. somebody comes up, you That's my first you. time DJing. <laughs> okay. All right. So you were really on the spot. Wait, you're, you DJ all the time. Not the same. Oh, in public. Yeah, not, yeah, where you're kind of making stuff up as you go. and mm. Okay. But... I came up there, and, and you know, when you're immersed in that, and somebody starts yelling at you, it scares you. And, and you scared I, the shit out I, of me. I realized, and I felt <laughs> so horrible after I did it. I'm so sorry. And well, no, it was it was funny because at first I didn't even recognize you. Now, like I don't know who you are, but it was just out of context, and I was focused. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's Scott Lucas. And it was funnier when I thought about it because you were saying, "Cut that shit out." As I was playing, I think I was playing Victrola of it by Veruca Salt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was just it was it was awesome. So no apology necessary. Okay. Well, I felt bad about that. It was it was very funny. Uh, you know, we started talking about your love of films. I mean, you you just that is your hobby. That's your kind of yeah. It's like a side passion for you. Yeah. You've seen. I, I'm looking at your Facebook. You've seen like 80 movies already this year. I just saw one this morning called The Souvenir. It's a uh, really really great. There was a time when I, I just I wouldn't even think about going to movies by myself. I do it all the time now, and I kind of love it. Yeah. I kind of love not being responsible for someone else and just going and... I don't even want anybody else in the theater. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that, too. Yeah, I don't want anybody in the entire building. When I I don't want anybody on the block in the city. I don't. I just don't want anybody there. So I, I did the uh, AMC A-list so I can... I love it. It makes total sense, right? Oh, yeah. Great. So I went ahead. I bought my Godzilla IMAX ticket for tomorrow, fully Jeez. expecting it to suck. Uh-huh. I got my Ma ticket for Sunday. Ma. It's the uh, woman who starts to buy beer for the high school kids, Uh and then things take a really creepy turn. Uh I'm optimistic about that. Uh But so you, so you're you're one of 
one of the guys that does all the um, the big mainstream blockbusters. Oh, no, 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 no. You do everything um, ahead of time. I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I have kids. I've got stuff going on. I try. I try to like slot things in when I can. So what happens when you don't show up? I haven't done that yet. Oh, so like, um, if you can't make it, what happens? Do you know? I think you lose that one of three movies for the okay. week. Okay. All right. I, j- I wondered. Uh, let's see. Mark Carino, uh, the best and most underappreciated band to emerge from Chicago since the '90s. Plus, the only band since then that has creatively grown since those first records. Right on. Thank you. That's nice to see that, isn't it? Yes. You probably don't get that enough. No. Uh, Pat says, your willingness to work with other local artists and friends also helps you stand apart. There is something to be said for, I wouldn't necessarily say you're a mentor, but I mean, you respect the scene, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of the Chicago scene, you know? I mean, I mean, I actively seeked people out to talk about music and have beer with. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that, that... to me, well, it was like part who? Of the fun. Like, back when you, back when you were in Zion, you were, were you looking for like, a consult with Eleventh Dream Day? Like, what was going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, you know, like anybody that would hang out with me, you know, uh, and and that's how I met Andy Gerber. He was um, in a band called Laughing Man, and mm-hmm. then he was in a band called Rust Bucket. And Rust Bucket oh, was, God, yeah. yeah, they were one of my favorite ch- bands in Chicago. So I would come hang out with those guys all the time. Um, and even when I first moved to Chicago, you know, like we'd hang out with Fig Dish and Triple Fast Action, mm-hmm. and and that's what I wanted to do. That was part of the reason for being in a band to be around other people who were in bands that right. could talk about music and cared about music as much as you did. And even you know, thinking about the two mixtapes, covered the Jesus Lizard, Machacha, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so that's a respectful nod looking back too. Yeah. Yeah, Muchacha was great. And, I mean, you want to talk about underappreciated. For sure. Uh, just never got a fair shake. And uh, the, the songs on that first record are just phenomenal. Uh, Phil says we are lucky to have opened for Local H. No. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think up-and-coming bands can learn a thing or two watching you on stage. Because there, there's a... You're so relaxed, but there's like this relaxed ferocity you have. It feels rock and roll. Yeah, I mean that's part. Of, maybe that that's part of the aging thing. But <laughs> you know, there's it, it, a certain comfort you, know, you live in it. You were talking earlier about you know people want to bury the past and say rock is dead. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. My son is a teenager. Oh yeah, and he is into rock. He's into metal. We, he was my plus one for Chicago Open Air two weeks ago. Awesome, um, and he was most excited not about System of Down, not about Tool. He was most excited about Meshuggah. Mm-hmm. To, to give you perspective of wh- where he's his listening is, he said he. I, I think this is one of the reasons I'm his plus one. At his school, all the kids he knows are listening to hip hop and country. Yeah, which is so different from my experience, and I'm assuming your experience in high school. So I I, I think it's careless and stupid to say rock is dead but it is in an interesting spot now it's not in that pole position that it was with with youth now i'm sounding like an old man yeah no i mean hip-hop is but i mean even when i was in high school hip-hop was huge you know mm-hmm. and and run dmc and yeah for sure wa it was it was crazy you know so there was a, there was but that was it was almost like hand in hand with like punk rock For so sure. you know punk rock is still punk rock and now hip hop is all consuming you know that's mm-hmm. that's interesting 
Uh, Lindsay Marie, who used to do middays at the Loop, RIP hey. Loop, says Stud City. Oh, right there. You. Right there. Talking right there. about you. Uh, speaking of the Loop. She just got engaged, right? Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. Congratulations. I, I've only said it online, so I'm going to say it right here. Congratulations, Lindsay. Yay. Love you. Uh, speaking of the Loop, that Metallica mini tour. Mm-hmm. What was that? I, I haven't really talked to you since then. I mean, about that. Yeah. What was that like? It was crazy. I, I remember I was working on the loop, and I'm the one who ran the call with Lars when he called to say we're proud to announce that Local H will be our opener. Yeah, that's right. And I, I kind of got chills when he did it. I got I, I'm getting chills talking about it right now. That must have been just beyond thrilling. Well, we were setting up for sound check. Uh, we were somewhere on the East Coast. I can't exactly remember where, but we were listening to it on my phone. And uh, it, it was oh we streaming the, from the Q11 app or something like that. Loop. A oh, loop. Loop app. Oh, R.I.P. Sorry. The, the, yeah, it was the L-U-P. Yeah. Loop. Um, so that was cool. That was, I mean, we knew that they had told us already that we mm-hmm. won, but uh, hearing it was still, there was still kind of bad. It was pretty badass seeing you on that stage at Soldier Field. Oh, man. You know, Master of Puppets is such an important record to me like it, I just wanted to stay out of their hair and you know <laughs> I, I just I mean we were the lowest people on the totem pole sure and they're basically everywhere they go they're um, they're employing cities you know it's, it's crazy it's yeah. like a little city like oh the backstage yeah oh it's crazy yeah so I mean it was just one of those things where we were just trying to hang on you know that's fun that you could be, you know, a fan, have a fanboy moment as an established artist. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no I mean, th- sincerely, you know, that that was a big deal. I and mean, getting to see those guys play every night was really cool too. So I mean, I didn't take any of that for granted, and I never got comfortable, uh, except on maybe on the last two songs of the last day when we were playing in Chicago. Finally, I got comfortable. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Now I'm having fun, and it's over. You know. Exactly. Uh, we were talking before we were recording uh, about streaming. PJ Souls is MIA. At least on Google Play Music. I'm assuming it's on MIA on all platforms. It is. Um, I just got a a mastered version of it that I can upload. Awesome. Um, I have to take it to an. I have to take it somewhere and get it. The problem is I have to get it uh, authored. So I have to reauthor the mastering of it. So. Okay. You know, because of like crossfades and stuff, so I have to redo all that stuff. As soon as I do that, I can upload it because that's my favorite record of ours. I, I, people need to have everyone alive on their playlist. People need to have California songs. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It, it will be remedied. Well, that's good. All right, I want to eat a little more, and uh, I should mention Carcon Carne is presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Uh, Teresa says yes. I'm assuming that's about the PJ Souls. Okay coming to streaming um as we kind of wind down and again you're here at cubby bear tomorrow night uh performing am taxi release are also on the bill i want to mention the opening bands um i, I want to just throw out a bunch of local age songs just get your first impression to get you riffing on not necessarily all the hits but just some songs that i like and people like okay <clears throat> let's see what you think go let's start with blue line blue line kind of there's a- your chicago-ness again Yep, kind of a, uh, I was kind of trying to write a, like, uh, what's the Pretender song? The doom, 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 Mystery Achievement? Mystery Achievement. I was trying to do a Mystery Achievement there. 
Um, so if you listen to it through that lens, <laughs> you'll be like, oh yeah, it's totally mystery achievement. Um, so yeah. Another February. Another February is, I don't know, maybe the best song on that record. Um, that was sort of, it's sort of like a cross between Hands on the Bible and Fritz's Corner. That was kind of the idea. Hmm. Um, and then there was sort of that, sort of the Iron Maiden, um, Hallowed Be Thy Name, that don't burn in, that don't burn in, yes. so with that like sort of four on the floor beat. Well, since you mentioned Hands on the Bible, let's talk about that. Seems like a song that certainly still works today. Yeah, that song really worked out. And that was like that we were ready to make Here Comes the Zoo. And we thought we were ready. And the guy that was that was assigned when we went from Island to Chris Blackwell left Island and he started Palm Pictures. Mm -hmm. So we we pretty much knew we were going to we wanted to follow him. As soon as that happened, yeah, we were like, course. you know what? We went to Island. We said, here's a record. This is what we're going to do. If you don't want it, let us go. We don't know any of you anyway. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. go away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, That's the music business yeah, right here there. Here I had uh -huh. this big head. I was like, oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> and, and and I'm I'm kind of like, oh, all right, cool. I will go. <laughs> and so we, we, which was kind of part of our plan. It was like a Br'er Rabbit type of plan. So it was like our uh, Briar Patch was uh, Palm Pictures. So here we were, and we had a new uh, A and R guy, and it was Michael Lago who signed Metallica. Mm -hmm. And so he's listening to everything, and we wrote more and more songs. We had like 20, 26 songs. We're like we're ready, because nah, you're not ready. And I was pissed off, and I was like, "Fuck you!" And <laughs> blah blah blah. And so I hung up the phone, and I went to go see Almost Famous. Mm -hmm. And Almost Famous calmed me down and and it just made me go all right you you've got the best that you've got the job that you've always wanted calm down you know it's not the end of the world so went to the to the practice space and i said all right they want another song we're going to write the weirdest fucking song we can think of and it was hands on the bible and i j thought we'd give them that song they'd be like you're out of your fucking mind and that was it that was the yeah. one they go okay now you're ready to make a record so. Interesting. And it, the first single was Half-Life, right? Mm-hmm. And Hands on the Bible just became what it became. Yeah, Hands on the Bible never... It, it, yeah, it, it. I think the idea was that would be the second single, and that mm -hmm. just never happened. Because, you know, something happened with that label. And then we're like, <laughs> let us out of here. Uh -huh. And, you know, is they're like, okay. You know, it's like, who do you think you are? How many records <laughs> do you think you sell? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You don't want to be here. We don't want you here. Uh, let's let's stay on that album uh, for one more second. Fifth Avenue Crazy. Yeah, I've always loved that song. Really? Oh yeah, with the with the backup vocals and Shanna from uh, Sullen. Yeah, yeah. Love the 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 back and forth there. Yeah, yeah. That, that one... you, you seem hesitant about. I you know when when uh, there's something that record you know that was that was after the island thing happened mm -hmm. and you know it'd been four years since pack up the cats and pack up the cats didn't do what everyone thought it was going to do and so i was kind of like you know i i didn't have my bearings about me you know and the biscuit was all over the place yeah and shorts rock was happening shorts rock. and and it was like i didn't know what to do next so part of me wonders if if i had been 
a little bit more uh, maybe the that riff is a little too I don't know you know rocky you know I, I don't I still know love that song I mean I, she sounds great on it and mm-hmm. I, I like the lyrics of it and it's you know it's about midlife crisis so it kind of should sound like that but the idea of that record was we we're gonna have uh, we wanted to make it like a hip-hop record so every every song had a guest and so we gave everybody different names mm-hmm. and um, so she was the guest on on that song so that makes perfect sense now all right let's see we mentioned ham-fisted mayonnaise and malaise that was the first I think the first song I ever heard, first time I ever heard us on the radio. Yeah, that Man makes sense. Malaise, yeah. How do you feel hear, hearing it now? Um, it's 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 a lot of the vocals are really high, They're very, <laughs> very high. It's a lot of it, it's uh, a lot of screaming. I guess you know we didn't really have a very good PA when we started, so I think my vocal style was be, was born out of necessity to be heard you know mm-hmm. we'd have a microphone and be plugged into an amp and so in order for it to be heard I'd have to sort of scream above the band and so that's kind of how that started so when you listen to uh, Ham Fisted that's the product of a really shitty PA <laughs> well and also I think as time has progressed and your songwriting we've has gotten a better PA well there's yeah, that okay. uh, but I, th- I feel like you started to trust your voice more as you recorded more songs and more albums you started to do more with it and affect more nuance in I your songs it's just aged I think it's gotten better mm-hmm. um, you know when I listen to those old records I sound like I'm 12 <laughs> you know and uh it doesn't sound like you're 12. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I don't don't really like to listen to my voice until like PJ Souls. Okay, like that's when I think it starts to get some character. Uh, well, okay, here's where I disagree. Fine and good. Pretty clean, you know. I mean, I, I love that song. I love that song. I, I you know I thought that was that was going to be. It really should have been the one. You know, a great single I, from that album. I really thought that was going to be. Maybe the third single, and it would blow up, and it would just be huge. And, and I mean, I remember writing it over there off of Montrose when I lived with Gabe, and I had the acoustic guitar, and I'm writing it, you know, on, on sitting on my bed. And I'm like, Gabe, come in here, listen to this. And I was like, oh, I, I, I did it. I popped it, you know. <laughs> and and uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> uh, the last picture show in Zion. Um, I, I love the slow build on this one. Yeah, I like that, too. I, it's, it's a good album opener and and I got like uh, this uh, I can't remember what the name of the pedal is but it you sound like Neil Young when you play it so I wanted to like write this Neil Young Russ Never Sleeps type mm-hmm. of riff um, and you know somebody like, the movie theater in Zion was my high school job I worked at a movie theater got it and I got to you know put the films together and, and run the projector and do all this stuff. It was great. So th- this is answering one of the questions about where did this love of film come from? And you've always had it. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, and this place is my, my childhood movie theater where I'd, you know, walk, I'd walk a mile and <laughs> go see a movie. I didn't care what was playing. I'd see it. And sometimes I'd see it twice. Yeah. Just sit through the thing and watch it again. Um, so yeah, so when that got knocked down, it it sort of this idea that you know 
your small town with without the movie theater what is it you know what is it anymore like what's for me it's like what's the point it was like the last thing that made it feel like home to me and then when that went away I mean it still has Fritz's Corner and well, I think I got sold but it still has Pizza House I mean I like that place but but that was like such a huge part of my childhood and, and it affected me uh, Michelle again Mm, that was just, you know, a reference to uh, Paul McCartney and, and Guns N' Roses. And, you know, there's a there's a little Jet reference in there if you hear listen to it in the bridge. I, I love that you just go all in with your love and classic rock references, the Toys in the Attic stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love that. And, okay, going down a little tangent here, your covers are always awesome. Thanks. I, I love twenty one twelve, which is a ballsy thing to take on. It was, <laughs> it, and, and and balls really come into trying to sing that high. It does not. You don't need them. It's, All right, let's talk uh, about another cover, uh, Toxic. Yeah, that made me realize that's a good song. Just period. It's, it's a, a good song. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's a great song, and uh, and I feel like nobody. Well, not nobody. It was a huge hit, but mm-hmm. rock people don't get it. You know, they mm-hmm. can't listen past the production mm-hmm. and my first favorite band the band like when I was a kid that I grew up on and I still love them with a passion is ABBA Interesting. and ABBA taught me just as much about songwriting as anybody as the Beatles as Led Zeppelin uh, they know they knew how to write a song like nobody's business and nobody could really hear that because they can't get past the production and the singing and what I wanted to do with with Toxic was sort of show people that like hey it's a, it's a really great song it really is yeah. uh, well speaking of ABBA where do you stand on There's Something Going On by Frida I love it the drums no it's great the Phil Collins drums yeah it's so great yeah, Phil Collins had to get his hands in everything didn't he? Uh, he at that period he was everywhere everywhere well going back to some of your bigger fan favorite songs High Five and Motherfucker mm-hmm. I mean we kind of understand the genesis that's an enduring one. That's that you know. As we're talking about set lists and constructing one, you, you almost can't avoid playing that at a local aid show, right? Right. right. That's um, they'd run you out of town. Yes, we'd we'd be in trouble. Like uh, uh, we stopped playing Bound for a while. Uh, we did a couple of tours when Brian was in the band, and we just stopped just to see what happened. And it was fine. You know, there were a few people that were kind of mad, but most people were okay with it. See, I, I don't I think, think that's get... tricky because you've got to assume that at every show there's someone seeing you for the first time. Uh-huh. And maybe Bound for the Floor is what brought them in. Right. So I think that was kind of a risky move. Yeah, I can see how it would be a dick move. I mean, I remember seeing <laughs> Sparkle Horse and I wanted to hear uh, that single. Someday I'll Treat You Good. Yeah, and they didn't play it. I love that song. And Wes and I were so mad, you know. Uh, Mark wants to know about the Lord cover. Hmm. The Lord cover is... Sort of the same thing with the toxic cover, mm-hmm. you know, but 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 it, with the, the Lord cover, everyone was talking about this person, and somebody told me they knew I liked pop, and like you should check this out. So I listened to it, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole, you know, with with her stuff on YouTube, and I've and then what hit me about Team was the lyrics. Like the lyrics really, they sounded like they could have been lyrics that I wrote for like one of the first couple records. Uh, I got all this stuff about small town and mm-hmm. and underdogs and and I just I, I totally related 
to it, you know. So, am I freezing you out? By the way, I've got mm-hmm. the AC cranked. No, no, I just got back from vacation. I got a crazy burn. Scuba. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a an aloe breeze. Yes, it's it's very soothing in here. <laughs> that's that's what a Mazda CX nine yeah. is all about from yeah. the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston. Um, what would you have me do? What well, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, that's a great slow burn song. I, I think it's one of the unheralded greats in the local age catalog. That was another one of the songs that probably wouldn't have happened without Michael Alago pushing us to write more songs. Um, and the thing with that is, I thought it was okay. You know, I, I didn't think too much of it. It was sort of like a rewrite using the same chords as Fine and Good, you know? Maybe that's why I like both of them. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, I liked it and. And then uh, I didn't have the ending. Like the original demo just faded out, mm-hmm. like on a guitar solo. And uh, and then we were. I was walking to the practice space, and we were playing New Year's. I think at Double Door or something. And the whole tight. It's New Year's Eve. It will be cold tonight. We'll kill the heat. Mm-hmm. You know about this mass suicide on New Year's Eve. That started to get, get in my head. And then I started thinking about it. And then that became sort of the coda, like the coda of um, like the ending of. The chain, mm-hmm. you know, and so I started to think along those lines, and then I started to think, what if we have it's super long and annoying and obnoxious? We have everybody from the record come back for a curtain call. So if you listen to that, every I didn't know this. Yeah, every person that's on the record comes back. So Shanna comes back, Josh comes back, Wes comes back. They're all have their parts, and if you listen to it, you can hear it like all sort of placed within that song i'm having like an m night Shyamalan moment like now that all the pieces are being put back together for me so that was the original idea of that record was that it wouldn't be a concept record and that it would be just 10 rock songs all in minor keys Mm -hmm. and it would be like back in black and then that at the last minute i just blew it by just doing that thing and so you know uh, but yeah, I love that song. It, uh, now I love it. And I love playing it. And I love playing the ending so much. Mm-hmm, I'm sure. Yeah, so, hand to mouth. It's a very dramatic and majestic. Yeah. Sounding local age song. Yeah, that's another like, you know, the older I've gotten, the more comfortable I am doing longer songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on longer songs like Pink Floyd. Sure. My favorite band in high Are school. Yeah, they still are. Like they're still they're they're right up there with you know. That's it's really obvious with me. You know, like the bands that, that I constantly go to are like Pink Floyd and Zeppelin mm-hmm. and the Beatles. See, Zeppelin and Beatles, I would have pegged Pink Floyd just because you don't have that mm-hmm. psychedelic freakout side. Well, I do, I do, and and the older I've gotten, the more I've let it out. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to, you know. Think about how many of our records are concept records. Where do you think that came yeah, from? Yeah, I guess that's... That comes from Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know, so like Pack Up the Cats, the whole idea that like the, all the songs bleed into each other, that's totally Pink Floyd. And and that's from studying all those 70s concept records that they did inside and out and knowing how they worked and, you know, having part one and part two of songs and all that stuff. And like even Roger Waters' lyrics... You know, they're like, they're funny, but they're angry and they're oh, yeah. sarcastic. I stole just about everything I know from that guy. Did you see the water shows at United Center? A yeah. Years ago? 
It was great. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed those shows because in my head, I feel like I don't need to hear a Pink Floyd song ever again. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I'm so tired of all those songs and just watching them come alive on that stage. And I, I've got to say, Waters is the first person I've ever seen who I think truly figured out how to maximize an arena. Mm-hmm. Like just with the stage set up and the uh, the animal stuff kind of bisecting mm-hmm. the United Center. Like he really figured out how to put on an arena show. Yeah, I'm starting to see more of that. Have you noticed? Have you seen it? Like I um, went to go see Metallica and I think there was some of that going on. I love it. It's yeah. more immersive. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, all those songs. I mean, Breathe and you know, Another Brick in the Wall even, a song I never thought I'd want to hear again with the kids singing along. Mm-hmm. Just... It was a breathtaking night of music. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Like when they played, uh, they played dogs. Yeah. They played pigs, three different ones. I mean, I, I got the chills when he started putting Trump's picture up there. And it was, it was just, oh man, like it's not exactly prescient, but it's just so of the moment and yeah. he knows it, you know, it's, it's crazy. Oh, what's this? Ozzy or Dio Sabbath? Well, it's kind of a, it's a tough one to answer. Well, the thing is, is Ozzy's the obvious answer, right? Yes, but. But. Dio. See, like, if you want to go outside the box and if you want to start some fights, you go with Dio. Well, those first two albums Dio did in the 70s, Mob Rules and Heaven and Hell. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. Dio was great. Mm-hmm. Dio was great. Now, now, you know, like, Ozzy, his records are amazing. But half of them are not so amazing. Yeah, the first two records were amazing. Or, <laughs> as far as Sabbath goes. Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, his first two solo records, Ozzy's first two solo records, were great. Right. They're great. And then it They're was a... so good. But yeah, no, as far as Sabbath goes, I mean, the self-titled one, Paranoid, really, Volume 4, Masters Sabbath of Bloody... Reality. Yeah. Sabbath, it's, Bloody Sabbath. It's pretty great. Really, everything except for Never Say Die. Yeah, I even like Never Say Die. Well, you know, I just say, like, it's just an obvious answer. Who needs an obvious answer? You know, it's... I think come Ian on. Gillen who, who Sabbath. Justine Bridget. She's, yeah. she's got a problem. I, I'm going with the oh, Born, the Born Again Sabbath. album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trashed and Trashed? Zero the Hero? Yes. So good. I used to love Trash. Uh, trash is great. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't really get to eat at all. And that is a problem with this food podcast because we're talking. It's hard to eat. Yeah, well, I say we turn the thing off and eat. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and I realize my phone is still cycling through a playlist on random. we got The Fall to listen to. I know. Oh, the, the movie that... Uh, oh, this is The Fall. Marky Smith? Mm-hmm. The movie that I was uh, that I saw today had a Fall song in it. It had Totally Wired. I love... Deadbeat totally Descendant has one of my favorite guitar riffs yeah. in music history. Uh, oh, wait, one more question. This is a good one. Uh, crowdfunding. Would you do it again? Um, I heard some... Bad shady shit going on with that. We we used oh, pledge music yeah. last time. That, um, that self destructed. Yeah, and we had a really good we had a really good experience with it. But but I uh, we did this thing where we would uh, go to people's house with the record, a pizza, and a case of beer, and we'd play the record for you at your house, which at first was fun and it was cool. <laughs> but by the end of the month of doing it. We were so bloated, and our livers were hurting, and we were just like, because, you know, we'll drink like a fish when we're on tour, but we're sweating it out every night, and this, there was none of that, and we we were dying. <laughs> so, I don't, we'll take a break on 
You the know, you can offer other world. rewards. I and get, you don't have to drink beer. I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I just thought of that. You oh. can enjoy a Sprite or, or Fresca, the, the grapefruit soda. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, Fresca is the best. Fresca is the best. You want a Fresca, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you, Scott Lucas. Uh, thank you for watching thank you. Facebook Live. Thank you for listening on CarconCarney.com. And yeah, Cubby Bear. And of course, we'll certainly see you again after that. We'll. And I want to say I'm, I'm doing that thing at Metro next Friday, the uh, hot stove cool music thing uh, with a bunch of awesome people. And it's for charity and it's a Cubs thing and yeah, that kind of thing. Well done. All right. Uh, and Steve, uh, I work with Steve. He's a, he's a delight, a wonderful guy, uh, a musician himself. Thank you, Scott Lucas. Thanks, Just a blanket thank you for everything. Thank you, Steve. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you for watching. Carco and Carne, Local H, Cubby Bear.